0: hello and welcome to a new episode of other record labels i'm your host scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label and we're starting our summer of sync series this is a a, a 10-week long series on sync licensing where we're going to tackle this subject and i've got a bunch of interviews that i want to share with you and we're going to kind of go on to all the different finer details about sync licensing for record labels. I'm excited about this series and we're going to kick off today with a little bit of an introduction. Okay, here's the issue. You run an indie record label or you want to start one or you're an indie artist looking to add more revenue streams and you've heard of this thing called sync licensing, which you think probably means that there's some secret club you sneak your way into and then all of a sudden your tracks can get on Netflix shows or BMW commercials. Well, that's totally true. And I'm actually going to invite you into that club. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sync is all so much more confusing and interesting than that. But what is it? Let's totally discuss. Before we dive in, I've been working all year long on this simple guide to sync licensing that you can download for free. And it's like a toolkit, it has some checklists, some terminology, uh, a catalog tool to help you organize all of your songs and songwriter information. And there's some book recommendations, so you can grab that for free by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash sync. That's our new sync licensing guide for record labels at otherrecordlabels.com slash sync. What is sync licensing? Simply put, it's the act of syncing or synchronizing, synchronizing music to what is appearing on screen or in a video game, on a commercial, whatever. Sync strictly refers to the marriage of music with video. It's called Sync. And by the way, that's not the kitchen sink. It's Sync, S-Y-N-C, because it has someone, uh, someone has to intentionally pick a song that syncs with the visual visualization. It's this intentionality that earns artists and labels what is called a sync fee. That sync fee is split with the folks who own the recording, which in some cases is the artist or the record label, as well as the songwriters and their publisher. And that part is called publishing. One other thing to note, whoever is broadcasting this visual, maybe a TV channel or an internet website, would also have to pay a performance fee to their country's performing rights organization. And that's how artists and songwriters and their publishers can also get additional royalties when one of their songs gets used on TV or a web series. But we're not going to get into that today. That's completely different from a sync fee. Let's pause for a sec and emphasize this intentional act of syncing a song to a visual medium. When a song is heard, uh, overheard in in an H&M store, that's not a sync. No one planned it. Even if it seems like it matches the vibe of the store or whatever, that's just broadcast music and it's completely incidental. I like to think of a sync, again, S-Y-N-C, as the act of a producer or a music supervisor creating a new piece of art by combining two pre-existing pieces of art, the music and the film. Let's take that recent Kate Bush sync as a good example. Without the song, it was just a normal dramatic scene. Without the show, the song was just a great pop tune. But when synced together, it created something brand new. It created this powerful, emotional piece of art. Does that make sense? I want to keep this episode uh, super concise as possible because I want some pretty basic ideas to just sink in, no pun intended. And I don't want to make things complicated. The motto of this show is called Taking the Mystery Out of Running a Record Label. And sync licensing is one of those areas where there seems to be a lot of mystery, a lot of gatekeepers, and a ton of confusion. So that's kind of the goal of this series this summer. Uh, and, and if, you, if you're if you just picking up the series months later or, or whatever, that's, that's okay. We're, we're airing it over the summer because summer of sync is kind of fun to say. But we're going to take it slow over the next few episodes and we're going to look at various avenues in the music licensing world that will help you and your record label better navigate, understand, and and profit from this space. Let's really quickly take a look at different types of sync licensing that you might come across or have heard about. In fact, I'm going to keep it simple and talk about just three. Keep in mind, we've got a handful of interviews coming up in this series, and we're going to dive in much deeper. But for now, this is surface level. What, who, and how of three categories of of sync licensing. So let's talk about number one, film and TV. What is it? This is the most common one, right? A song on an HBO show or on the OC. Remember that back when that's how people discovered music? Uh, a, a, you would hear maybe a song in a movie trailer that is a popular song or in at a, at a really important scene in a movie. So, who places these songs? This is done by music supervisors, right? And we can find out who the music supervisor is on a TV show. I mean, on a movie it doesn't matter, it's too late, but on a TV show you can find out who the movie the music supervisor is. You can use a website called TuneFind, T U N E F I N D. You can also find uh, find them on LinkedIn too if you're if you're sleuthy. Um, attending conferences in this space too would give you a good idea. And then even on like the show's social media, and I have some resources, um, all of these resources are mentioned in our free guide that you can get at other slash sync. But, um, even on the, the, the television show has a social media account. Sometimes they talk about the music and maybe the music supervisor is credited there. So how do you get your music? And again, we're not diving completely into this. This is what the, the the upcoming episodes and interviews are for. But how do most people get their music on a TV show? A lot of it has to do with relationships or hiring a sync agent who has those relationships. Um, you might have success if you pitch to them, if you find their email and you send them an, uh, an mp3. But v- very unlikely because they're v- very similar to... Um, very similar to bloggers, music bloggers or curators, and they're going to get, um, dozens and hundreds of pitches every day. And not everything is catalog, um, cataloged nicely or organized and they might not be able to use it. And, and so they might get into a habit of not really checking their email, but instead a good music supervisor knows a lot of music that they can access music that can be cleared easy. They probably have bands and record labels in the back of their mind that they can approach, and so that's really what we're trying to do is we're trying to build relationships with music supervisors. And we'll dive into that a little bit later on how you can do that. Um, but I just wanted to explain who the music supervisors are and, and how getting them to choose one of your songs. Now, if you've been lucky with a pitch to them via email like a cold pitch, that's awesome. Please share that with me. The second category of sync licensing is advertising. And that's when a song in a TV commercial uh, is used in a TV commercial or an online ad. It could be composed by the ad agency. It could be an existing song that's just maybe edited a little bit or the vocals are removed or reduced or a bespoke, a completely new version of uh, an existing song. We've heard that a lot, right? When there's like a a Radiohead song, but that's from the 90s. It's sung by like a 16-year-old girl or there's like a Bob Dylan song that sounds familiar, but it's not Bob. It's uh, it's a little rockier and it's a younger band or something like that. And so these are what we hear in advertising. So who places these songs in advertising? This is generally production houses and this would be, there. there's ad agencies and ad agencies work with production houses. We have an interview coming up very soon with a production house. Um, at marketing departments as well. And so basically there are actual offices and that have recording studios and that they work for an ad agency. And ad agency says well, we got a commercial for Coca-Cola and we need um a little girl singing um, What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. But it's gonna it's gotta be sung by like a 10-year-old and we want it a ukulele in the background or something like that. So the production house will actually just bring in their the people that they have, the the on staff or or musicians that they that they hire on a on a just a one off basis, and they will like compose whatever the ad agency needs. And that's kind of discouraging for us record labels because it reduces our chances of having one of our catalog songs used um in an advertisement. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have a song used in an advertisement. Sometimes um, an, uh, an advertiser or a or an ad agency, a production house will reach out to me and say, we're looking for this type of song. If you just so happen to have a song with positive lyrics about living life and being happy, that is kind of organic sounding that uses real instruments, we're looking for that. And so you might have that in your catalog. And so how do you get, how are you successful in advertising? The simple answer is again, relationships with production houses. Um, I think this is a big thing and this is relationships with ad agencies. And I know that that's like a really easy thing to say. And you're like, okay, well, what do I do? Do I just knock on their door? You know what? It's about being around for a while. It's about being known for a certain genre, being known for a certain style or being known for a certain way of producing music quickly and specifically to the needs of an ad agency or a music supervisor. I had a friend, this was just a friend who I met through another friend. It wasn't necessarily, I mean, it was in the music industry, but, and he was a video editor and he got a job working for a big uh, ad agency in Toronto. And he knew I was a musician and I had a record label. And so he was in a meeting and they needed a song. It was like a cover version that they needed for cheaper. (laughs) So they needed someone to cover it. And he just knew me because we were friends and he knew that I was a musician, that I had a recording studio. So he thought he could impress his bosses by getting me to quickly drum something together within 24 hours, which I did. And we got to, that's how I got a a sync licensing deal that was worth a couple hundred bucks. And it was really quick and it was awesome and it was nice. And so it was just because of this relationship I had with this editor who worked at an agency. And so How do you get those things? The answer is organically. Really, like how do you get a relationship? You don't get a relationship. You make a relationship over time. Category number three is music libraries. What is a music library? This is an online database with music that's ready to be licensed. Filmmakers and music supervisors can search by tempo, mood, the instruments that's included in it, so these are web platforms and sometimes they're open to the public and they're often really big or sometimes they're invite only and, and you have to submit a sampling of your catalog to them. Sometimes they're exclusive, meaning if the songs you list with them, you can't list anywhere else. And sometimes they're non exclusive where you can list with them. And you can hope that, um, and you can also list with other people. Some, you can go ahead and and search music libraries. Um, BAM is a good example. Music Bed is one I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. Marmoset is another one that I'm familiar with. And there's lots more. Um, I think there's one called Epidemic, which is really big with YouTubers. And so a lot of times, the music on here is not necessarily independent artists or record labels. And and sometimes they are uh, depending on how specific the genre is. But a lot of times it's actually just composers who will you wake up in the morning and compose a track that has all the different stems isolated and that has like climax moment. And it has like, a bunch of different versions of this song, and then they'll upload it to this. They'll basically create a song that's intended to be used for a documentary or for, um, you just think when you're watching, not even just like big shows on Netflix, but you're watching like the true crime stuff or reality shows, you hear all sorts of different instrumental music in the background. A lot of that's just been composed. It's not necessarily artists' music that they have up, on an album on Spotify that they've repurposed. And a lot of times it's actually just music that's been composed by freelance uh, musicians who are working at home in their home studio and uploading a different song every single day and then hoping that a couple times a year they get a, a lucky break. So you can submit your catalog or a sample of your catalog to these music libraries. Um, and depending on what genre you represent, if you represent a really niche genre that is something that maybe a lot of composers can't make on their own if it's like like obviously you know um kind of like indie indie pop is very common and acoustic music and hip-hop is something that a lot of bedroom producers can create but if you create something with real instruments uh or classical music or jazz music that's um that's really unique, that's harder for people to compose, then maybe you as a record label have some success with music libraries. This little chart of three music licensing categories, film and TV, advertising and music libraries, and there are more, but these are kind of the, the basic big ones that I wanted to talk about. This little chart I'm describing, I've included with some of my notes in our sync licensing guide that you can download for free at otherrecordlabels.com sync. Now, listen, you may think all of these sound interesting to you. And your next question is, how do I get myself some of that? And that's what we're going to discuss in the coming weeks. It's important that today we get a grasp on what sync licensing is and the basic categories of when and where our music could be synced. Go to otherrecordlabels.com sync to download our brand new guide for sync licensing and keep listening this summer. Thank you so much for tuning in.